Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This week on WealthTrack, opportunities in green bonds and startups with impact from Calvert's Vishal Kanduja and IX Investments' Christine Harada. They are next on Consuelo Mack WealthTrack. Hello and welcome to this edition of WealthTrack. I'm Consuelo Mack. Remember the expression, follow the money from the deep throat character and all the president's men? It turns out Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein's anonymous source in the Nixon White House never actually uttered the phrase, but we have taken the directive to heart at WealthTrack. We are following the money for you. We also want to show you the money, Tom Cruise's mantra in Jerry Maguire. We can do both with one investment approach, socially responsible investing, also known as ESG for environmental, social, and governance, Sustainable or impact investing, it is attracting massive amounts of investor dollars, follow the money, and is performing as well, if not better than non-ESG investments, showing you the money. The latest evidence comes from Morningstar. In its most recent Sustainable Funds U.S. Landscape report, Morningstar found that the ESG fund group attracted record net flows in 2018, its sixth year of ever higher annual net flows, while non-ESG U.S. funds collected less than half their historic annual average of the last 10 years. And sustainable funds' relative performance remains strong, even in the challenging environment of 2018. 63% of sustainable funds finished in the top half of their respective Morningstar categories. That helped 58% of them rank in the top half in the trailing five-year period. Morningstar itself has created 56 unique ESG screen indexes. Its most recent analysis finds that performance across the range of them tends to be strong. 41 of the 56 ESG indexes, that's 73% of them, outperform their non-ESG equivalent since inception. Morningstar reports that the results are even more encouraging when measuring their exposure to various risk factors linked to a positive long-term investor experience. The study concludes that Morningstar ESG indexes tend to select companies that are less volatile and possess stronger competitive advantages and healthier balance sheets than their non-ESG equivalents. Well, one growing subset of ESG investing is known as impact investing, which Morningstar defines as investing explicitly for measurable societal or environmental impact alongside financial return. Our two guests are seasoned practitioners of impact investing. Christina Rada is the president of IX Investments, a privately held company that invests in early stage companies generating social and environmental impact alongside strong financial returns. Co-founded in 2015 by Warren Buffett's grandson, Howard Warren Buffett, IX is a holding company modeled after Berkshire Hathaway with a goal to go public as a permanently capitalized operating company. It is targeting areas such as clean energy, sustainable agriculture, water scarcity, and green real estate. Harada, an aerospace engineer by training, was the federal chief sustainability officer for the U.S. during the Obama administration, among other top-level federal jobs. She also worked in the private sector for top consulting firms. 
Vishal Kanduja is portfolio manager of the socially responsible Calvert Bond Fund and the Calvert Green Bond Fund, which is directly targeted at environmental impact investing. Calvert, founded in 1976, is a pioneer in ESG investing and offers both active and passive socially responsible strategies. Calvert was a founder of the United Nations Principles for Responsible Investment, which now has 2,000 large investors participating, representing more than $90 trillion in assets globally. I began the interview by asking them how they define impact investing. So at IX Investments, we define impact investing as aligning our dollars with our values and ensuring that we're producing top-tier market returns. We completely repel the myth that you have to have you have to concede returns in order to be able to make a positive social and environmental impact. So in fact, as I said in my introduction, that it turns out that impact investing in many cases that funds that invest with socially responsible goals in mind actually mm-hmm. outperform those that don't. So the I think the basically that question should have been laid to rest. So Vishal, how do you define impact investing? Sure. At Calvert, we try to break it down for our clients into these four pillars of responsible investments is what we call them. We lead with performance. As fiduciary of client capital, we want to make sure that we are delivering the right performance, both risk-adjusted, long-term consistent performance to our clients, depending on the strategy that they invest in. The second one is research. We spend a lot of time and resources on researching companies, not only from the financial aspect of it or valuation aspect of it, but also researching companies on their ESG, environmental, social, and governance aspects. The third pillar is engagement. We engage with these companies mm-hmm. uh, on both the credit aspect as well as the ESG aspect. And then the last pillar is impact reporting. We actually, when we go back to our clients, we not only report on our performance, that this is how your portfolio performed, these are the reasons, we also report on your impact. These are the positive or less negative impacts that your portfolio had versus what you would have invested in in a passive benchmark. So what's interesting is Calvert uh, is, is a pioneer in ESG investing. They've been mm-hmm. doing it for decades. And IX Investments is relatively new. I mean, it launched in 2015. And also you are focusing on more on startup companies. Is, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So we seek to invest in areas of human need. So for example, things like renewable energy, green commercial real estate, gender equality, uh, things of that nature. And so a lot of our companies, you know, we're really looking for the intentionality and the really integration of social and environmental impact in the mainline business. Mm -hmm. That is still a relatively newer way for companies to operate. And so henceforth, a lot of our investments tend to be on the earlier side. Your model is Berkshire Hathaway, not surprisingly, since <laughs> since Howard Warren Buffett is the grandson of Warren Buffett, uh, is a, launched this as a co-founder. But it, as far as you know, you stress performance in looking at impact as well. New companies. I mean, how do you measure performance? So, like many other VC and private equity firms, uh, we evaluate based on what we project of the financial performance of the various companies. However. In addition, we also assess the impact rate of return. That's a methodology that Howard Warren Buffett had developed uh, based on, candidly, a lot of the work that Berkshire Hathaway has done over the years with respect to long-term value investing. Mm -hmm. He's now recrafted that into social 
value investing right. and implementing mm -hmm. and integrating more of that focus. And so we evaluate our investments based on not only the financial returns, the capital IRR, but also the impact rate of return as well. So the I, so the impact rate of return, that's the IRR that yes. he's identified in his book, right? That's Social correct. value investing. Yes. Um, so, you know, you're investing in companies that have been in existence for a long time. Yes. They've got track records, everything else. Mm -hmm. So so what do you look for in uh, in companies? And you're, and you're looking at, specifically, you're looking at their bond issuance. That's correct. Uh, my area of uh, focus is fixed income investments. So, right. yes, we are looking at balance sheets of these companies. And we are doing it through the public fixed income markets. So eventually offering mutual funds, separate accounts, and doing it through the public fixed income markets. The concept or the philosophy is exactly what Christine pointed out. We are mm -hmm. trying to look for not only companies' intentionality of how are you going to perform and outperform your peers within the peer group that you are. So and again, that's the financial, that's the financial fundamental aspect. credit analysis, right? Exactly. And then we ask our ESG analysts. So we have a team of in-house analysts who are focused on the ESG aspects of the company. Christine, you, you do have some investment themes. So, so tell us what the themes are, the kinds of, you know, what the in activities the companies are involved in that you are looking to invest in. So we fundamentally seek to create a better planet. We're investing in areas of human need. So areas like, for example, uh, combating climate change, so investing in renewable energy, converting municipal solid waste into jet fuel, into uh, renewable energy and green commercial real estate. We're also investing in areas around gender equality and unleashing the economic productivity of women around the world. Not so much with a lens on women entrepreneurs per se. I think that's a fantastically valid investment thesis. We really want to unleash the women, if you will. We're also looking into uh, water as well as food and agriculture and sustainable materials as well. So uh, uh, how do you find the companies that you're going to end up investing in? So we source a number of our potential deals through a variety of means. So one is around the families that have invested in the holding company. They are fantastic resources for potential opportunities and great ideas and innovators around the world. Right. So that have invested in IX investments to begin with. So they're, they're almost like your uh, research team. They're not, they're not on staff, that is but you get ideas from them because they are interested in impact investing and that's what you're doing. Absolutely. Okay? Yes. And then secondly, uh, through our own networks ourselves, uh, given my experience in the administration and in government and sustainability for a number of years, I am very well familiar with a number of different kinds of technologies and players out there. Additionally, the rest of our team is a fantastic collaborative mosaic of folks with different skill sets from different fields. And so they, too, have opportunities that they're able to source. How many companies have you invested in, number one? Um, and, and have you found that there are certain themes that you are investing more heavily in than others? IX Investments has made 15 investments thus far. Mm -hmm. um, and... For the moment, we've tended to invest more in the areas of addressing climate change. Mm -hmm. So again, renewable energy, sustainable aviation fuels, green commercial real estate. We're also looking to further expand upon the work that we'd like to do in food and ag tech, uh, given the impending food crisis that mm -hmm. we're about to face, say, in the next 15, 20 years. So they have to be part of the solution. 
right? As, yes. as opposed to just being, you know, you know, good, good governance, you know, good social policies. I mean, you've got a very specific focus. Can, can you just elaborate a little bit more on that for sure. us? Sure, absolutely. So for impact investing for us, we view it much more as impact is the alpha generator. It is the reason why that company exists. It is also the reason why it's producing fantastic financial returns. It's It ends up building on, I think, a lot of the work that's been done to date in the field of ESG investing. Mm-hmm. A lot of the issues are very much still consistent across both fields, if you will. I think that Impact investing is a much more direct way of being able to funnel your capital into addressing some of the very critical things that we need to take care of. And and let me ask you, Vishal, sure. because you know you're you're managing two portfolios: the Calvert yes. Bond Fund, which has been mm-hmm. around for a long time, which is an, an ESG bond fund. Specifically, you're also uh, managing a much more focused the mm-hmm. Calvert Green Bond Fund. You're focusing more on what Christine is talking about at IS Investments. That is correct. So Green Bond Fund is directly focused on environmental impact. And it goes and seeks those opportunities in public financial markets or public fixed income markets, to be precise, uh, to seek those opportunities out to have that tangible and measurable impact, not only from the performance side, but also from the environmental benefit side. So commercial real estate uh, is a big uh, investment that we have investing right. in not only just green buildings, but buildings that are old and need a lot of reinvestment to get much more energy and water efficient. Also invest in uh, infrastructure bonds uh, where you are uh, solving the infrastructure, water infrastructure issues. So mm-hmm. we invested in this DC water bond, uh, which is basically trying to solve the sewer issues that happens when there are floods or when there is storm water gets mixed up with the sewer and goes into the rivers. So there is a Clean Rivers project that that bond directly financed. Uh, so infrastructure projects like uh, like those. And then renewable energy is a, is a big allocation in right. strategy as, as well. Like a company like Avangrid uh, uh, is, is- And a, what is Avangrid? What does that do? Sure, it's a, it's, a, it's a big utility and energy service company. And not only just issuing green bonds that is directly financing some um, uh, commercial wind projects or solar projects, but they have, as a company, made, it, made their goal by 2035 to become carbon neutral. And they have six other shorter-term goals that help them reach there. So not only the company is doing a lot to improve their bottom line, to be very dominant in this sector of renewable energy, but also helping companies like Nike to reach their goal of 100% renewable energy in their commercial uh, operations. So that, that, that company does not only have like a one uh, one singular focus of financial mm-hmm. returns, yes, that is a focus that our shareholders attach to it, but also is doing it in a very responsible way, which makes uh, uh, investors align their values with that company. Right. So I'm looking at, at some of the themes that, that you had mentioned to me as well. Um, at low carbon transport is mm-hmm. another issue. Yes. And a lot of the bonds that you're investing in are asset-backed securities, right? That's so right. explain, number one, what that means and, and about uh, the, you know, the, the lowering the carbon transport. So asset-backed securities are basically bonds that pay you coupon and principal, but are backed by a specific pool of either loans or leases that are directly paying or responsible to pay you your coupon and principal. So for example, how we are using this sector of the public fixed income market asset-backed securities to access low carbon transport, uh, Toyota securities or Toyota issued uh, I think in 2014, an asset-backed security, which was 
Not only Toyota meets our basic minimum ESG criteria, the explanation that I went through mm -hmm. uh, that we are looking at ESG of that entire company, but then the we got access to this pool, which only finances hybrid leases. Hybrid vehicles, right. So you're picking up the most energy efficient portion of Toyota and you're backing uh, your collateral with that. Right. Now that was in 2014. We've come a little longer way from then. Uh, the definition of green has become a little bit more darker green, if you will. What, what is that? What mean, Darker green means what? Darker green better, means richer. better, richer, yeah. more energy efficient. Uh -huh. So instead of only hybrid vehicles, now we have an asset back security, uh, which backs up all electric vehicles from Tesla. So you're reaching that, you're pushing that market to issue even further uh, into that green spectrum, if you will. And I strongly believe that, that unless and until you can produce competitive returns with investments, unless you can bring those two aspects of financial materiality and fiduciary duty and performance along with uh, the ESG or impact investors. Unless you can bring those two together, I think it falls, falls off right. uh, pretty quickly. So when Christine was at in the Obama administration as the chief sustainability officer for the federal government, she was instrumental in mm -hmm. actually having the fleet of federal vehicles, over 600,000 of them, transformed, transferred into hybrid or electric vehicles, right? That is correct. That was a massive effort that we wanted to undertake. Obviously, climate change and mm -hmm. the Paris Climate Accords are very important to us as a top priority in the Obama administration. Mm -hmm. And we thought, what better place than to set an example than within our own operations? Um, it was a great challenge. We have a number of aging vehicles as well as sedans, and the variety of vehicles that we have is rather tremendous. Um, and so thinking through all the mission needs, the infrastructure needs, the financing and the legal issues to address all that uh, was, a, was a big challenge. Especially I'm thinking of your portfolio of startups or these young companies that are, that are solving these various challenges. How are you measuring their performance and how do you, you know, what universe are you comparing them to? We look at it in two ways. So first is around um, Howard's methodology for impact rate of return and how can we best allocate the capital in, the, in that particular sector. And secondly, we're also comparing it against the existing uh, business base. So for example, within our commercial real estate fund, uh, we have the world's first uh, green commercial real estate fund that is focused on reducing carbon and that is the primary strategy of that particular fund. So say, for example, comparing the returns of that particular fund against other commercial real estate funds uh, is certainly an area that we're looking at as well. Other areas, so around renewable energy, um, comparing the performance of our sustainable aviation fuels performance, both from a carbon reduction perspective as well as from a financial returns perspective, uh, is an area that we're diving into as well. We have a fairly diversified set of holdings. Uh, right. Some of them are operating companies, direct operating companies. So, for example, our sustainable aviation fuel company is a company. Okay. We also have uh, a number of funds. We also have a public equity strategy for gender equality. And we also have funds to help with acceleration of newer technology companies. So, largely, they are, can be categorized as private equity funds. Measuring green bonds. And, yes. and there have, has been some controversy about mm -hmm. green bonds that, that they're gray bonds or they're brown <laughs> bonds or whatever, yes. that some issuers are saying that it's a green bond and it turns out it's not at all. Sure. It is measuring a, what these bonds actually are, that are they in fact green? Is that an issue? And how is that being resolved? 
So we take measurement both of impact as well as performance and credit right. uh, or the traditional aspects of an investment uh, up to the same level of scrutiny, if you will. Uh, so internally, the way we work, we have a separate team of ESG analysts, as I explained before. These analysts are also responsible for looking at every security coming into the portfolio, looking at the ESG aspects, looking at the direct impact aspects for the green bond strategy. At the time of issuance, there is a pretty formal process that, that an analyst is following, talking to the company management, talking to the sustainability officer, making sure that we understand where the use of proceeds is going to be, what projects is it going to be, and then what is the reporting going to be? Is it going to be every six months, every one year? Just like our credit analyst will be talking to the treasurer or the CFO of a company, asking them for periodic quarterly statements and earnings releases, our ESG analyst is approaching the sustainability officer. Oh, interesting. Asking for those releases periodically. Mm -hmm. And we will take active decisions where uh, we've, not had that, but it's, it's hypothetical. At least we have the process laid out where if the report doesn't come in or we feel lack of transparency from the ESG or the impact reporting side of it from a company, that investment will become ineligible for that strategy. There's some of the private companies that are not issuing or not able to issue corporate bonds in our universe, we will access them or provide financing to them through the asset-backed market. Now, we, gave, we talked about two examples of Bigger companies. Or right, Toyota companies, and Tesla. Toyota and Tesla. But there are companies like Solar Mosaic. It's a consumer finance company that focuses only on underwriting loans to personal homeowners to put solar panels, uh, panels on, their, on their roofs. Uh, they are, you know, that's, that's a, the company has a really good combination of people who worked in consumer finance, so they know how to underwrite homeowners or loans to homeowners. People who worked in the solar slash tech industry so they truly understand the type of solar panels coming in what the longevity is you know what the uh, uh, repairs and maintenance needed on those solar panels are and then combination of those two forces is bringing out a company where you're focused on not only providing a financially positive outcome to the homeowner that is displacing your current utility bill with a much lower monthly payment and long-term payment by having a solar panel on your roof uh, but also saving the environment or having a positive impact on the environment. So private companies... This is Solar Mosaic, right? Solar Mosaic, right. that's correct. So private companies like that will come to the asset-backed market to ask for financing from the fixed income side. So at IX, while we do a lot of investments here in the United States, we're also looking to export a lot of our technologies overseas. So for example, our waste fuel operating company, which seeks to convert municipal solid waste into sustainable jet fuel... Uh, we're basically taking technology that's been developed and proven out here in the United States and taking that to Latin America. So we're looking at opportunities to help address both the waste management crisis uh, throughout the world in places like Panama and Colombia, as well as addressing carbon uh, pollution by developing further more sustainable aviation fuels. At the end of every wealth track, we ask each of our guests for their one investment. If you could only make one investment and to put into a long-term diversified portfolio, what would it be? So Vishal, what would you have all of us own in a long-term diversified portfolio? Given where we are uh, currently in the U.S. credit as well as economic cycle, uh, I strongly believe that the front end of the U.S. yield curve, meaning the zero to five-year sector, uh, given how flat or inverted at this point uh, as we talk, uh, curves are, 
uh, it is prudent to be in that part of the yield curve uh, for a fixed in, for a diversified fixed income portfolio. One to five year maturities. One to five year okay. maturities. That's our sweet spot at this point, along with on the impact side, renewable energy at this point, given the longer term uh, effects and, and the amount of investments that you need in sustainability. A combination of those two is my best spot at this point. Christine, what would your advice be for, again, just own some of, everyone should own some of it in a long-term diversified portfolio. I think investors really should be looking at those investments that'll help reduce greenhouse gas emissions. That can mean anything from commercial real estate and reducing the carbon pollution from commercial real estate buildings. It can also include electrified transportation, whether that be through mass transport or electric vehicles or charging infrastructure. Great. Thank you both so much for being with us on WealthTrack. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. At the close of every wealth track, we try to give you one suggestion to help you build and protect your wealth over the long term. This week's action point is check out Social Value Investing, a management framework for effective partnerships by Howard Warren Buffett and William Emick. Public-private philanthropic partnerships can work. Neither sector can solve the challenges facing society here and around the world by themselves. Working together, they have a much better shot at addressing big issues such as inequality, climate change, affordable housing, health care, and food insecurity. There are effective ways to partner and ineffective ones. Buffett and his co-authors show examples of both. Now, the book is targeted to managers from all sectors, but it is also a useful introduction for those of us interested in combining Berkshire Hathaway-style value investing with positive social impact. Next week, a rare interview with leading Wall Street economist Nancy Lazar on the future of the now second longest recovery on record. In our extra feature this week on WealthTrack.com, Harada and Kanduja reveal what led them to their dedication to socially responsible investing. Neither route was a straight shot. In the meantime, we hope you enjoy following us on Facebook, Twitter, and our YouTube channel. Thanks for watching. Have a great weekend and make the week ahead a profitable and a productive one.